12-sided stories is for mature audiences and often deals with topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Twelve-sided stories welcomes you to Nanite Mist, our rules-light, story-heavy, cipher-system actual play show. And now, your GM, Wes Otis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nanite's Mist, a cipher system game that we are putting on for you. We have some wonderful players with us. Let's start with Michelle. Hey, I'm Michelle Otis, and today I will be playing Salazar. That's his only name. He's very mysterious. Hello, hello. I am Bizelda. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm joining you playing Tace, who uses she, her pronouns. And uh, she's only got one name because she is also full of mystery. <laughs> Hi, I am Pooja, and I use she, her pronouns. And I will be playing Kai, who uses they, them pronouns, and is you know, kind of a new kid on the block, the cell block, if you would. This is a game within the same universe as the icy mountains of Pluto, a far future sci-fi game where a nanite hive mind named Echo has become the savior machine of humanity and takes care of its children as best they can. But that causes some issues uh, because some of its children uh, don't act the way that Echo would like them to act. Now, Echo has been in control of humanity for about a thousand years. And recently, for unknown reasons to Echo, the nanites that flow through the blood of humanity have started to become inert and unable to affect every human that is born, which brings us to the Medine prison ship that you all are on. Sometimes at birth, sometimes later, it becomes obvious to Echo and her nanites that a person is not under their control. And that in particular causes a problem because Echo feels like its logic is the best logic. At this point, Echo's humanity, and it's the reason I'm using it so much, has basically become robotic. At this point, Echo is a robot hive mind kind of thing. Once it's figured out that there is a problem with the nanites and you are not able to hear Echo in your brain at any time that they want you to, you are sent off to this prison ship. And the prison ship is huge. It is much bigger than the ship that was in the icy mountains of Pluto. Now, to be clear, you do not have to have heard those episodes to listen to these episodes, but I highly recommend it. I think it's really a great little uh, miniseries, so you, you should check those out. It was a very fun game. Yeah, it really was. Very satisfying. <laughs> Basically, you're sent onto this ship, and there are mainly robots running the ship. These are AIs that Echo controls. It also has several human 
workers who are loyal to Echo, the people in the med bay, people who work with the prisoners on their work details, because you have to keep the prisoners' minds fresh and all this good stuff and entertained. So there are quite a few humans on board that are not prisoners that just work there and feel that Echo is within their right to do this to other humans. Because of course, they have only your best interests at heart. So you're never quite sure exactly where you're at. So you constantly hear the hum of the ship going, air is flowed through the hallways. There is the lunch cafeteria area, the med bay. There's a small arena where they put on either fighting shows where people can box or do something like that, or they'll put on plays or they'll put on whatever entertainment. There is no electronic entertainment though. For some reason, Echo does not allow for any screens or other things that could possibly get hacked into or, or whatever. There is basically, B, you have, a, you have an, a question on your face. When you say electronic entertainment, does music fall into that category? I'm going to say yes. Ooh. And the reason being is because Echo feels that music, for some reason, gives humans hope to rise above things sometimes. And that's the best way to control that situation is by not having music. So there may be a performance of music at some point. Maybe one of the non-prisoners will put on a show or something if they're near a base or whatever. But it doesn't happen very often. Imagine landing that gig. Okay, we have, a, we, we have a job for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a performance job. Oh, awesome. It's on a ship. Oh, a cruise ship? No, a prison ship. <laughs> the Johnny Cash of the far future. Like. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I like to believe that, like, all electronic types of music have been outlawed in this world. And... The only thing that is left is musical instruments themselves. Mm, like acoustic instruments. You exactly. Know? Acoustic, like wind instruments, yeah. st- cellos and other strings and things like that. But all like recording has been outlawed and all electronic means of making music has been outlawed. And by outlawed, I mean like Echo literally won't let you do it physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It is on one of these occasions, one of these entertainment occasions, you are sitting and watching a demonstration of gymnastics. There are different prisoners who are showing off flips and jumps and things like that in the little auditorium. This is after dinner and you're sitting together in a group. You're all friends. There's a few other people sitting around you as well. Frederica, she is sitting behind you and she looks concerned about something and she keeps tapping her foot. You know how the bleacher seats, it stair steps down and if someone's right behind you and they walk, everybody feels it. She's tapping her foot and she leans forward and she goes, so I was up in the bridge area doing my chores. She's saying this very low and they're starting to do these 
experiments they just call extractions in order to help fix prisoners. Uh, Frederica girl, you gotta be more detailed than that. What, what is going on? I, I, all I heard was extractions. They knew I was around. The head medical officer, Duncan, was there. He's human and was talking with Echo through a screen along with some other people all at once, like a debriefing of some sort. And they were talking about extraction. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's got to be brain, like maybe lobotomies or something? That is the first place you go? Not like they're extracting some of our blood? No, you just think they're lobotomizing us. Well, they've been extracting our blood for a while now, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. how many of us have been, you know, lost a, a little blood here or there? Did they tell you, like, or not tell you, but like, did they say anything about who they may have done these on yet? I mean, it can't be a lot of people so far. I think we would have noticed if, like, a dozen of us had just turned up missing one day. Mm-hmm. Or fixed via lobotomy. Right. No, they didn't mention anybody or any prison numbers, but they said that they wanted to accelerate the program. So maybe they've only done it to a couple of people. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to respond. I'm just supposed to clean up the area and, and move on, so I, I couldn't stay for very long, but I heard enough. I sure the hell don't want to be lobotomized. That's such an old-fashioned Earth tradition, too. I ain't ever heard of somebody being lobotomized nowadays. And when did they even use them then? They usually don't need to lobotomize a person nowadays. They're full of nanites. Mm-hmm. They're controlled that way. Well, whatever the reasoning or whatever the word or verbiage we want to use, it's basically, it's not good. That's all I'm saying. My guess is there's some quality, something in us that makes us resistant. That they're trying to extract, yeah. They're extracting that. I don't know if it has to do with getting a lobotomy or whatever, but it could be something in our DNA specifically. Yeah. I don't know. You'd think after a thousand years, Echo would already have all those answers. <laughs> it's because Echo ain't everything. And I say that very quietly. <laughs> okay. Frederica is like obviously nervous. She's like, uh, uh, okay. Tace, I, I understand. You are, uh, you're right. Yeah. Palpable nervousness. I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to be actually everything for it still to be a hell of a lot more than we are. Otherwise, we wouldn't all be here. Mm -hmm. Beyond this interaction with Frederica, I wanted to ask, you get this information, it's almost time for Lights Out. Is there anything that you want to do before Lights Out? On my way back to my cell, is there any way I can pass by the med bay and get a peek? Well, of course, there's always a way for something like that to happen. (laughs) What fun would it be if that couldn't happen? Let's see. Sure, you have spin identity, which you can convince intelligent creatures and I'm saying robots that you are someone else. So if you want to sneak off through the corridors. Oh, I should mention, because I like doing this. There are canine robots. Oh, I'm sorry. Why? (laughs) They just sit there at attention. They never move unless told to. On a scale of one to creepy? What are we talking? (laughs) (laughs) Really creepy. I mean, just by saying canine robots, 
you're already at a seven. Mm-hmm. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty creepy. They never wag their tails, you know? Doesn't feel right. They don't move every once in a while. If a kerfluffle happens, they will turn their head. So <laughs> I just like using the word kerfluffle. <laughs> but if something happens, if there's a fight or something breaks out, the dogs will move their head waiting for the order to attack or to subdue, which are not very far from each other in what happens. <laughs> Have we witnessed this more than a few times? Like, we know to watch out for those dogs. Yes. One thing that happens if it's a severe case is they have these arms that pop out of their backs that have either lasers or they have saws. Oh, nice. What? Yeah, because it's more cinematic that way for them to have saws that come out of their back. (laughs) No matter how impractical did y'all, just, right? did y'all just watch Mortal Kombat? That's what I need to know. No, we didn't. It, it's actually one of the cipher. It's in one of the cipher books. And I, I decided to use it. So, Dog with saws. Yeah. Okay. Saw dog. <laughs> but you have seen them stand up and use shock or whatever to subdue people. And other robots will come in and and carry them off. And sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. So before we do the stealthy thing, I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. Good. Thanks. Casual. Sure. Just so you know, (laughs) I don't want you to be caught off guard by saw dogs. Salazar, you better do your best. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to say that for this to work, I'm going to say it's a level two, which means you have to beat a six. So when it says spin identity, it says two plus intellect points. Right. So you, you spend two points at the for the first level and then one point after per. And do you have a, an intellect like an edge for that? An edge? No. Yeah, so it's two points to start. You have to use this on one of the guards that is near the medic bay to to just get by them. And they think that you're maybe working as a prisoner. Prisoners work all over the ship. That's why Frederico was able to hear that conversation. So it's not... Before Michelle answers, I have a very important question. Sure. How fashionable are these prisoner outfits? Oh... They're not fashionable at all. <laughs> That's the biggest horror of this game is just, just gray, Gross. just boring. Not even orange. No, yeah, no, no, no color at all. It's just monochrome. Uh, the dogs have more stripes and colors on them than than these outfits do. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I just have like this this vision in my head now of all of us walking around in like perfect like medium gray scrubs. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Ugh. So Salazar, there's a guard right in front of the med bay. So you'll have to spend two intellect points and then you will need to roll a six or better on your D20. Okay. So I'll spend my two intellect points and I rolled a 19. Okay, so yeah, you're able to slip by this robot. What are you looking for in particular? extraction tools (laughs) (laughs) of any sort and i mean you know i'm older i've got like a kind of i've got like a gray mustache and beard like goatee type thing you know people tend not to mess with me in general 
and I, I don't think I said at the beginning, it's he, him. People just call him Salazar. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what happened when somebody called you Sal? How, how well did that go over? Not well at all. <laughs> they, they tend to keep an eye on me after that. Yeah. <laughs> there are bays of computers all around, and you see a bunch of bays of beds that are separated by force fields. You can kind of see through them almost like electronic sheets. <laughs> but, and people are walking around and doing different things and you see a computer terminal open if you wanna give it a try to, to see if you can get some information. Sure. Okay, just before you make this roll, you do notice that there is an injector and it's basically a first aid injector that you could easily slip into your gray scrubs, if you'd like. Of course. <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> so write that down as a cipher that you can use. And when you use it, I'll let you know how many points you get back. You make your way over to the computer and you're trying to find out about this particular extractions, right? Or Yeah. Do you have anything that helps you with computer use? No. You can still use computers because it's an advanced age. Everybody knows how to use computers and all that good stuff. It is a straight up role unless you use effort to minimize the amount of levels it is. And I'm going to say, because this is kind of a semi-secret thing, I mean, they did talk about it in front of a prisoner. I'm going to say that this is a level four, which means you have to roll a 12 or better in order to get it. Now you can spend intellect points to lower that, and that's, that's up to you. Yeah, I think I'll spend intellect points. Now, instead of a 12, you have to roll a nine or better. I did not. I rolled a no. seven. Uh-oh. So wah, wah, wah. close. I know. Yeah, you try to get in to this file that is locked down. You do your best to try to get past the coding and you just can't. You could use that XP point that you already have to reroll if you want. Do you want to reroll and use that XP point or do you want to keep going? That's so hard. I think I'll reroll. Rolling ones are bad, just so you know. Oh. Just, yeah. Good to know. Are rolling 20s like crits? 17 through 20 get a little bit of a bonus for those. So I rolled a 17 this time. Awesome. So sure enough, all of these files start coming up and uh, they are trying a new thing where they are implanting cybernetics into people's brains in order to control them. So it's not really an extraction as it is a upgrade, as it were. Also, now you've heard of synth people before and what that is is it's people with cybernetics who are robot but who you can't tell they look human and, and you can't tell there is in the report that this has not worked on any prisoners yet but it's possible that echo has put one of these cybernetic people on the ship it doesn't say which one but there is a cybernetic person who could be anybody watching things that's the information you get great all right so i uh sidle back out of there see if i can catch up with my my friends enjoying the show 
then take a moment to join our Patreon, support the podcast, and get early access to episodes and bonus content. Head to 12-Sided Stories Patreon today. Yeah, you all get back to the dormitory, an idea of what these dormitories look like. They basically look like boarding house places where everybody has a bunk bed and a small area with a foot locker they each get. And they are, at this point, they're two, like the, the top bunk and the bottom bunk, and then a foot locker at the front and the back, and then a space of like 10 feet between the next row and about two or three feet between the next bed and all of you file in at some point the lights go off it's set on just a generic space time where they're like this is when eight o'clock is and all the lights go on and everything else and there's fake sounds that get pumped through sometimes with like birds and whatever i like that birds are you know like what is natural and normal but if you're born on titan what the heck are birds yeah exactly you know? if you're bird on, on titan you're like uh what are these things squawking awful <laughs> we have found that nature sounds improve cognitive function <laughs> right <laughs> So the lights go off and you're all next to each other in your bunks. This would be a good time for some reflection on who your characters are and who they were before you got onto the Medine prison. Uh, so let's start with Kai. How were you arrested? What was your life before being sent into space? That kind of stuff. Kai was actually a Marine. They were a sharpshooter in that track. But at some point, they don't know how, they don't know why, something happened and their body rejected their nanites. And the next thing they knew, they were getting dragged off by the people that they came up with. These were the people they had trained with. These were the people that they thought like would have their back forever. No Marine left behind. But I guess they don't say anything about just setting them off to a prison ship instead. Nanite blood does not look the same as regular human blood. Nanite blood has a very metallic purple look to it. What was the first reaction when you saw that your blood wasn't the same color as, it, as you've heard it should be? I didn't understand. I've never seen quote unquote normal human blood before. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Because something was obviously really, really wrong with me. All right. Tace, what about you? Tace was an entertainer, a performer back on Titan. And the way that I like to imagine this is because Titan is just kind of a space station. They did performances online, but I'm getting like a little bit of like Star Wars holographic vibes. And because of like the, the pre-existing problems of music, ugh, this is an awful world without synth or the music that I enjoy. It's just acoustic guitar, uh, orchestra. Well, you know, they're performing, singing and dancing, things like that. Back when Tace was a performer, she had like a long ass weave that almost went to the floor. She's long legged. She would wear like these thigh high boots with like six inch like wedged heels. And it was all a wonderful performance. And then there was this 
horrible, horrible day where she would perform like in an area that was her home, but it was also a stage that could be broadcast online. And, you know, she's going through her regular routine and she hits the ground with what's called a death drop where like you tuck one foot underneath your butt, you kind of hit the ground in this dramatic moment. And as soon as her body hit the ground, blood just comes pouring out of her mouth. And kind of like you stated, to be able to look at your own body and be like, that is not the color of blood that I'm familiar with. That's horrifying. And all of this was broadcast, you know, all across the galaxy. So there was no hiding it when push came to shove. And little young, like 22 year old Tace, she was brought into prison and has lived the rest of her life in this prison for at least, gosh, like five to six years. And how has it hardened you? Or has it? Oh! I think she's still as arrogant, conceited, full of attitude as she ever was before. But like underneath all that, there's a lot more grit, you know, being exposed to the harsh realities of the world that not everybody has a place unless you fill in this very specific form of human being. That was a lot to swallow. And I think the first two years, she probably fell into a horrible depression until, you know, the guards around here are like, hey, you know, like poking with a stick, like you can't be depressed, gotta, gotta keep you entertained at least a little bit. And just through like sheer force of will, the idea that she realized like, you know what? I do want to be alive. I do want to make up through this because fuck this place, fuck all the people. And like the technology, mm, I think she took on a new passion. And like, are there physical books that we can read if we don't have access to anything online? Yes, there are. There's a library with uh, with physical books that you can read. This is where she taught herself to code. You know, some of these books are from like, they're outdated, they're 20 years old, they're still using Flash and JavaScript. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, you know, she could apply. CC++. Plus 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 plus. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, it's so going garbage. On forever. <laughs> you have your friends. Is there anyone that you have gotten a romantic relationship with or some kind of connection beyond just friendship or have you kept everybody at a certain distance oh taste has kept people at arm's length never again this is not the place to trust people the fact that salazar and kai are even in her circle is saying a lot right cool one friend that you have is the librarian who are they and what's their names i'm totally putting this on you Oh, that's fine. Her name is Lawrence Cheney. Nice. Bigger woman, big red hair. If there was room for personality, she would probably be, be a bit like an enthusiastic, boisterous person. But considering the setting and the environment, it's kind of like when you've seen somebody just beaten down and they no longer have the will. Right. But then, you know, her and Tace got a little bit closer because they shared a passion of literature and like old earth literature, which is just wild. Like who even knows about lobotomies? Tace does because she read about it. Cool, great. Salazar, you are prisoner number one, the first one that they threw into this place. How long were you alone for before another person joined the prison? Well, I was never really alone. I had the drones around, poking me and prodding me and experimenting on me to find out why the nanites weren't taking. My life before this, I was a doctor and I was one of those drones and I was actually doing research to find out how to better enhance the nanites because that's what Echo wanted. And I ended up creating accidentally and I caught my own virus, not a computer virus, it was a physical virus 
And as a result, I ended up just spewing nanites out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it would be pretty. Nah, never is. Mm-mm. And I think the virus might have spread, and that is why there are just a couple of people, handful of people, unable to... Yeah, that's my theory, but they won't let me in a lab ever again. And I've been here a long time, and it was probably, I'm going to say, 10 years before there was another prisoner. How do you maintain your your sanity? (laughs) Who says I did? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think um, Tace and Kai are the very few he has ever just not hated on contact. (laughs) You know, because he was alone for 10 years, he worked out a lot and learned a lot. He's the one who told them you need a library with books and you need this and that and the other, you know. But they don't trust me at all. They never will. You know, I think that's why he's so grizzled and um, not trusting of very many people. How much did you hate the new prisoners who came as like a reminder of why you were even here? I didn't. I see this as, yeah, it's a physical prison, but mentally I'm free. You know, we all are. And that's what Echo doesn't like. That's why we're on this ship. I would love to be able to spread this everywhere. So, Patient Zero, (laughs) what was the last interaction you had with Echo? And how'd it go down? Well, after expelling my nanites, I was lying on the floor of the lab and... I couldn't hear Echo in my head. It was very strange. And then I heard Echo over a speaker talking to me and asking me why they couldn't communicate with me anymore and what was going on. I was freaking out. I didn't even know what to say. I was just screaming, not knowing what to do. And every once in a while, I'll talk to the speaker or I'll talk to someone who I know has nanites, you know, one of the one of the drones. I call them drones now, all of them, if, because they're all being driven by the same mechanism. I'll talk to them so I can talk straight to Echo. And then other doctors who worked for Echo were trying to put nanites back in me and they would not take and basically tell her to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we bonded. Just the visceral hatred of Echo. Echo took everything away from me. I had a wonderful career until that jerk robot. Like, poof, I have some choice words about them. I think because I'm the one who created this virus, Echo has a personal dislike of me. (laughs) Each of you can answer this. Why do you think Echo keeps any of you alive? For me, I think it's because... Echo wants to be seen as the benevolent savior to murder us outright. People would know because they're on the Nanite network. Everyone would know. Whereas keeping us on a prison ship, it's easier because now we're not on the network anymore and people can't see us. But we're not dead because they don't. It. I don't know what it is now because it's Echo. Right. Yeah. I'm sure if you started using God, Echo would be fine with that. <laughs> God is a good pronoun, you know? <laughs> I think I'm going to say it because I want to be deliberately insulting to Echo. And I'm going to say it because 
Echo is not human. And if Echo ever was, it hasn't been human in a very long time. Tace, what about you? Why do you think Echo keeps you alive? I'm still reading books to figure that one out. You know, I think Tace subscribes a lot to what Salazar has to say. Uh, They kind of defer to him a lot. He's not only the wisest, but the grayest. And uh, folks around here don't get too gray without problems, you know? Right. Absolutely. Kai? I mean, at least in training, you never threw away what was useful. True. (laughs) Harsh, but true. If she's going to figure out why or a solution, these are people, well, to echo... These are bodies that are useful while they're breathing. And that that use may be to figure out how to get rid of this virus so it won't spread. Mm -hmm. So around you don't know what time o'clock because the lights haven't gone back on. You hear a few bunks away from you the sound of Frederica speaking very loudly. I don't I I don't. No, I don't want to be stop. I don't leave me alone. I'm not going to. You can't extract anything from me. Don't. And suddenly you see the lights go on really quickly and you hear the servos of two of the dogs and one of the guards walking down towards her bunk. And you can hear her bunkmate say, shut up, shut up. So I'm going to ask, there's two dogs and a guard, but do you you stay where you're at? Do you feel like you want to do something? Is there anything you can do at this point? Did Salazar tell us the information that uh, he discovered in that lab? Yes, Salazar totally would have. You know, at the very least, she's going to be removed from the dormitory and probably taken to med bay. Now, whether or not that will lead to extraction, you don't know, or or whatever, or implantation of cyber brain stuff. (laughs) Technical words are good. You're not sure. It's up to you whether you want to respond to this or not. You know, tangling with the dogs and the guards is very dangerous. So what do you all want to do? I mean, we all bunk here together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, I'm going to say there's like 100 people in this dormitory. It's, there's a lot of people packed in here. And we can hear them coming for her or they're already in the dormitory? They're in the dormitory, but the dormitory is a very large room with lots of beds and aisles. So you hear them walking down the aisles towards Herc, it's a big steel room, so everything bounces off the wall, and they're very high-pitched kind of, you know, servo sounds of the dogs making their way with the guard to see what, what's going on. How far away from Frederica are we? I'm going to say three bunks down from where she's at. I am on the top bunk, and for the sake of the story, let's say share it with Kai. Okay. As we've, we're kind of like listening to the, the clack of the footsteps that echo around this room, um, she is going to kind of like tip her head over the side of the bunk and then whisper down, do you think this is our chance for a prisoner riot? Haven't had one of those in, oof, I mean, what, Salazar said 10 years? I think so. I mean, look at it. Like, they're never going to be this outnumbered again. I don't want to get extracted. 
I like my brain the way it is, inside my head. Quite comfortable. Not to mention, I mean, all she's doing is having a nightmare because they put it in her brain. All right, fine. Look away. We don't want to make this seem like it's on us. And from under my pillow, I think I have been, like, collecting pieces of what kind of dishware... The utensils and dishware are all hard plastic because uh, Echo's afraid of metal. Metal can be used for all sorts of things. So I've been keeping some plates, some of them cracked, some of them broken. Like that's hard plastic, so it's not easy to break. But I have this one plate that's really, really scratched up. It's really gross, kind of used. It also acts like a really good frisbee if I say wanted to hit somebody in the side of the head. So let's say that that is a cipher. Each plate that you have, and you have two plates, so that's your two-plate cipher. They are basically one-use weapons. Once you use them, whether in melee or at range, they break and they're unusable again. But we will say that they're capable of doing two points, which is a light weapon per hit. It will also get their attention very quickly if you decide to use them. I think that's my plan. Okay. Frisbee, uh, a cipher, frisbee, a plate, and to uh, preferably the human guard. I am messing with those dogs. They are scary, and I am not about to throw myself at an absolute hound. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. So what you're going to do is it's just like all the other roles. A guard is a level three, so that means that you have to roll a nine or better. I got an edge in might. I don't know if that's the skill that we're pulling from. If you want to choose might as the pool you're going to draw from that's fine all right so since we're doing this we should well this is a surprise attack and then we'll do initiative (laughs) because they don't know what's coming what you're going to roll is you're trying to beat a nine in order to do damage to the human guard correct correct all right and based on the learning that Michelle did, I'm going to reduce three from my might now. So that brings my pull down. Excellent. Yeah, that's your effort. So you're going to put a lot of torque behind that plate. Uh, that's a 12. Awesome. So you hit and you do two points because that's how much the plate does. Still have one plate left. Now uh, that throws them off. And all of a sudden they have readjusted their attention towards your area. And I'm going to say that they were not prepared for it. They were just going towards whatever sound was coming. I'm going to give Salazar and Kai a surprise move uh, as well to add to what Taste just did. Which one of you would like to go first and what would you like to do in this situation in order to help start a ballroom blitz? I'm going to grab one of my sheets. Okay. Or actually, it's one guard and two dogs. Yeah. You said? Okay. I'm going to grab actually my pillowcase and I'm going to try and put it over the guard's head. In Cypher, there are different zones. Melee is is immediate, right next to you. Then there's short distance. Then there's long distance. Then there's very long distance. To get to the guard and do that, it's a short distance, and you can, you can move and do that at the same time. But you will be right next to those two dogs as well. Actually, okay, instead of doing that then. Okay. I'm going to take my sheet. I'm going to throw it over the dogs. Ooh, innovative. Cool. Let's see how that works. I'm going to say that that's a nine. So it's a level three action. If you want to spend some effort out of your speed pool, 
Okay, then I will spend three of my speed. Okay, so that will put you down to a six or better you need to roll. And I rolled a six. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Explain how you get this dog caught up in a sheet. And to be clear to the people who are listening, these are robot dogs, not good boys. So they're not good boys Mm -hmm. at all. They are. We would never we would never hurt good boys. That's B.O.I. So go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, I have my sheets and I just as they are passing me, I come around behind and I throw the sheet over one of the dogs and kind of throw and scoop to knock it off its feet. I have an intrusion. Would you like to pay an XP or would you like to take what I'm going to do, which is the dog takes off in a way and you're still holding on and you basically fly with the dog in a random direction as you're pulled away from the main area. So you get two points if you take it or you have to spend a point to say no to it. Well, I have no XP, so I'm going to have to take the two points. Well, okay. So who would you like to give that extra point to? They may need to use it in the very near future. (laughs) So you're only ever allowed one XP? No, you can have more than one XP. It's that when you get it this way, you have to give away the extra point. Okay, then since Tace has already gone, I'm going to give it to Kai. Okay, cool. Thank you. They might need that reroll. Who knows? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So suddenly you put the sheet over the dog. Robot dog freaks out, who then immediately shoots off to the side between the beds and you're being dragged along. Like I said, there's zones. So there's immediate, then there's short, and then there's long distance. I'm gonna say that it runs all the way and you finally let go around the long distance. So you're two zones away from the human and everything else. This ruckus that you make, this big, and I'm describing it. There's all these, this noise going on actually gets other people in the dormitory to respond. They see that things are afoot and they start to get off their bed and start to help out with this robot dog, throwing more sheets on it to try to keep it from raising its arms and cutting through things with its saw blades. So that brings us over to Kai. Kai, what would you like to do? I am going to like, now that I see people are awake and they're moving and I'm going to yell in our area, extraction means airlock. You're not going to jettison me and launch myself at the guard and just try to like bash them into the next set of bunks. Yeah, you yell that and people start responding even more. This guard is a to hit him straight on it's gonna be a level two, so you need a six or better. You can either just roll or you can spend some effort to make it even easier. It's your call. I think I'm just gonna roll on this one. Okay, now just so you know, there's still a single dog next to this guard, so. Yes, but I'm hoping, the hope is that with all of this riled up business, and as I take the guard into the bunks, that there'll just be enough going on that I might be able to separate myself from the dog. Okay. It's like how it would really work, like in the movies, when someone like sees somebody stopped in the middle of the street and they go and they run full tilt at that person and they push that person out of the way, but they end up stopped dead center in the road. 
but really like when you hit somebody, you would both go rolling for a little while. Yeah, because that's how mass versus that's whatever. How physics is. <laughs> physics mm-hmm. is, um, yeah. So you're trying to hit this guard hard and keep going. Absolutely, hard science, fa- hard science fiction right now, so. <laughs> Crunchy, <laughs> Crunchy sci-fi. Oh, good. I rolled an eight. Go ahead and explain your launch and your hit as you slam into this guard. And are you trying to do damage? There's another question. Are you? Uh, no, this is like a pinning and like getting away from. So I could separate him and the dog and like get more people involved. Sounds good. So I like leap off my bunk, step on the person who's in the bunk next to mine. <laughs> on my way through to like tackle the guard and send them crashing a few feet down within the range of like some more different prisoners. All right. So when you tackle them, he's got a photon pistol and he's also got a stun stick. We're going to say that it's a cipher in that it's, it's kind of like a taser, but melee range kind of thing. When you tackle him, I'm going to say that those are the items that you're able to just quickly rip off of him because you are military and you know what you're doing. So you have those two ciphers. All right, real quick, let's figure out what initiative is for everybody. I am going to burn one speed point because I have something called Danger Sense in which it eases my initiative task. I just have to pay the cost each time the ability is used. Excellent. That is perfect. I get over a nine. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I got a two as well. <laughs> I got a seven. I got a two. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So everybody else is kind of this big maelstorm of of humanity has started to get up and are trying to find things that they can use against this guard and these two dogs. One dog is pretty much out. They've thrown a bunch of blankets and stuff and a bunch of people have jumped on top of it. The guard is on his ass as he's been disarmed through Kai's military knowledge and takedown. And that leaves Tace not too far from the other dog. And the dog turns and looks at you, and out of its back, two arms come up, and two saw blades start to go very quickly. And that's where we're gonna end this episode. So. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun trying out a new system. We had wonderful players with us. Let's find out where they all are. Let's start with our guest star, B. Zelda. Hello, I am B. Zelda, and you can find me on Twitter. It's at B underscore Zelda, podcaster, streamer, general TTRBGer. I do all the stuff and play all the games. Hi, I'm Pooja. You can find me on Twitter at LA Daisy Girl. That's L A D E S I Girl. And pretty much on all the other socials as Forgotten Saves. I do uh, other RPGs on Happy Jacks RPG, both the Twitch and the podcast there. And then on It's Probably OK's Twitch channel. Hey, I'm Michelle, and you can find me on Twitter at Mishulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. And uh, you can find my music on Plate Mail Games through DriveThruRPG, or you can subscribe through BattleBards. 
And I am Wes Otis. I have been your GM for this game. You can find me at Plate Mail Games on Twitter. For the show, you can find us at 12 Sided Stories. That's the number 12 and then Sided Stories on Twitter and on Instagram. Or you can find us on our website, 12 Sided Stories, just spelled out. If you'd like to help out the podcast, you can give us a review or give us a shout out or join us on Patreon. And uh, that's it. Thank you all so much for joining me. And we'll be back in a week with uh, part two of our little uh, uh, story here. Bye. <laughs>